Welcome to Naturally Well, a podcast to help you live a healthier and happier life with a Nordic twist. I'm your host, Kate Turner, registered dietitian, personal trainer, Nordic Naturals nutrition specialist, and owner of Live Well with Kate. Now we have a very special episode for you today because I myself will be in the hot seat with our producer, Andrew, and he will be asking questions that you all have sent in. Um, and then also questions about my journey, but please feel free. We're hoping to do episodes like this every so often. So if you have any questions, um, about general health and wellness or about the journey you are on, please send them to podcasts at nordicnaturals.com and I will answer them hopefully on the next one we do. So enjoy. So here we are. We're doing this. The uh, tables have turned. We are turned. doing it. How do you feel being on the opposite <laughs> side of the interview mic? You know, I feel okay because I've been in this position before. But what about for you, Andrew? You're like, you're not behind the scenes anymore. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I. I've. I talk on mic occasionally, but the camera for the YouTube is a little bit new for me. But it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm I agree. excited with I've, the camera aspect. You know, it's like you got to do your hair, you got to do your makeup. So I'm sure, <laughs> sure you were prepping right. for a while. Yeah, make sure the lighting is great. <laughs> so yeah, no, but I'm excited. You know, I've gotten to get to know you a little bit as we've been working on this show, and I think this will be an exciting opportunity for listeners of the show and viewers to uh, to learn a little bit more about you. And maybe that's a place we can start. I know in the beginning of most of the episodes, you give a brief description a little bit of your credentials for lack of a better word but maybe um like i would love to know because i don't even know fully how you got into the whole nutrition food science sort of uh job okay so my story doesn't start i feel like how most people do but i was very fortunate so i always knew we're bringing it back to high school Okay. I always knew I wanted to help people. So in high school, I toyed around with wanting to be a doctor, um, toyed around a little bit with joining the Peace Corps. I okay. really wasn't sure, but I knew I wanted to help people. And yeah. I loved science. I like, I was the weirdo that, you know, loved AP Chem. I enjoyed physics. Um, you know, I was the girl that chose to take two science classes over history. <laughs> <laughs> So I knew I wanted to do something with science as well. Um, and I was fortunate enough at my high school to have a college guidance counselor. So I met with her fall of my senior year. And I was actually thinking at that point of taking a gap year. And my okay. dad was all for it. I was lucky in that sense. Um, and she start, you know, she asked me, what do you want to do? And I, I told her, I'm not sure. I love science, but I really have no idea. And she asked me some really interesting questions. So the first thing she asked was, when you go to get a magazine, what do you normally gravitate towards? Like, what type of magazine? And I was like, okay, well, usually like Shape or Women's Health or some type of like health and fitness magazine. She's like, okay. Then when you buy that magazine and you open it, when you're scanning the table of contents, what's the first article you always go to or type of article? I was like, I always go to the nutrition ones. And she was like, would you want that to be your career? And at that point, I actually didn't really know it could be a career. I didn't, 
RDs still weren't like at the forefront as they are now. And so I really didn't know it could be a career. And I was like, well, yeah, if that can be my career, I would love that. You know, I love food and then I love the science aspect of it. Um, and, and so totally. we I actually mean, even, just started. Even today, yeah. even today, like food is something we take for granted. That's kind of a, a theme of this podcast is like what we put into our bodies is something we're not always cognizant of. So I can imagine even even when the 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 career, so to speak, wasn't as popular as it may be today, especially then, it, it was like didn't even know that that was an option. Yeah, exactly. Or at that point too, most RDs were working in like a clinical setting, in a hospital setting, which still kind of aligned with what I thought I wanted to do because I yeah. thought maybe the doctor path. Um, but so then I just only looked at schools that had a nutrition program, ended up at Virginia Tech, which I can't say enough about their program and the teachers there. Um, and then went on from there. You know, if you don't know what it's like getting your RD, it is a lot of school um, and a lot of work and time, but it's so rewarding finally getting to the point where you can sit down for that exam after all your mm -hmm. schooling and your programs after that. Um, and that's how I ended up here. And then, you know, the fitness aspect of it came later when I was counseling clients. I was working um, as the wellness director at a YMCA, um, which I always like to preface. Um, so we were the fastest growing Y in the country. So we had over 37,000 members in a matter of like a year. Wow. So it was this whole other animal. Um, and I was seeing lots of clients and I always had to refer them to one of our trainers when they wanted uh, to do personal training or just needed to know a little bit more about exercise. And I was like, I wanna be that for them. I want that continuum of care. Um, I don't really like to that sometimes trainers can slip in their own nutrition advice that could go against yours. It happens, not all the time, but it definitely happens. And so being in that position too, as a wellness director, I was fortunate enough to that um, I had access to a bunch of different personal training certifications that I could go for and, and take. And then that's where that started. And I was teaching um, group exercise classes and I just felt like it was all coming together and I could be that one point totally. of contact for my clients, which I loved. Yeah, no, I think, I don't know if this is the producer hat in me, but I think it's really interesting hearing the, your story of wanting to figure out what field to help people in includes a story of someone helping you. Um, and I think that speaks to your personality and to your character is that, so much of even in our business relationships, uh, you've just been that presence of sort of like helpful advice and and really wanting to see people excel at whatever they do. And so I think I think that's a really great attribute that I think a lot of people can really relate to. Oh, thanks, Andrew. And like that means so much just to hear that because that is what like gives me energy and gives me life is like seeing people have those little aha moments. And that's what, you know, I really hope with this podcast too, is just having our guests on and having dialogue and conversation. Mm -hmm. People get to have those little aha moments that they really can change your life. I mean, totally. you can hear one nutrition myth, right? Or fitness myth, or um, one tool that you could use for stress management. You start using it and applying it and your whole life can change. 
Yeah, well, g- going off of that, I'm curious, was there an aha moment in your life, maybe as you were learning about nutrition and uh, exercise and fitness, like, was there something that you saw in your own life that that was one of those aha moments for you? Yeah, so I think my biggest one, so I was really kind of in the grind, starting from college, going up until... I mean, until even through my first job working as that wellness director, because I was just on like overdrive. I would wake up at 4 a.m. because I had to be there to teach, you know, a hit class in the morning, then maybe have a 12 hour day because I was teaching a nutrition seminar at night. Um, I was also teaching, which was so fulfilling, but just too much. I was also teaching um, metabolism at my alma mater for grad school students. And that was from seven to 10 at night. So I was just like in go mode. And I think I always thought that as long as my nutrition, like I was fueling myself right. Um, and I was moving my body, I could do all that and be fine. And it wasn't until, so a little bit of a sidestep, but after, um, you know, I was still teaching at the Y, and working there, teaching um, grad school at night, and my now husband, but my boyfriend at the time, we had both had this dream to move to California. And he finally was like, listen, I'm doing it. I got a job opportunity, and I couldn't leave yet because I still had commitments. So he left. I was even more in go mode then, right? Because I didn't have to, like, I didn't have to deal with him. I didn't have to, like, worry about him. And I knew, though, when finally the semester was over and, you know, I'd given the why as much time as I wanted to to leave, I had this period of time where I'm like, I don't have rent right now. There's still other things I want to do in life. Um, And I'm about to make a big move. So what can I do for me? And I had studied abroad in Italy um, years before in college. And I told myself, I took this one class in, um, it was cooking Mediterranean cooking. And I was like, if I can ever have the chance to come back to Italy and take like a real full class, like a chef's training in Mediterranean cuisine, I am doing it. I have to do it. So that's what I did. Um, I was really fortunate. I spent three months in Calabria, Italy, which is in Southern Italy in this fabulous program. Um, It's the Italian Institute of um, Culinary Cuisine, and it was amazing. Uh, But what I realized when I got there, which you do have to slow down. I mean, it was rigorous too, but you definitely slow down. Every meal, you are given some type of pasta. There's wine on the table, including lunch. So you have to slow down. And I was also by myself. I went there not knowing anyone. And that's when it hit me of like, whoa, I need to slow down. Like it was my body just couldn't take it. And so that's where I had really always been focused on the nutrition and fitness aspect of health. But that's where like stress management, mindset, um, more so the mental health side of it and also environment really kicked in for me. So that was also the time where I was like, I'm – I'm so happy we're moving to California, but like I'm making a lifestyle change when I move there. I am, you know, 
I'm saying no to opportunities that don't suit me. I am not just going to say yes and do everything. Um, I've been there, done that, and now this is my time. And so that aha moment for me was just within health. And it's kind of sad that it took me a little bit at that point. But I have to look at the stress management and mindset piece of it and also just like the mental health aspect of it and know that it will be okay if you, you know, aren't working out a lot or your nutrition isn't perfect because if your mindset's not right, none of that is going to work. And you're not just going to, you know, I always tell people, Yes, we talk about optimal health, but for me, that's just feeling really good and feeling good in your body. And, you know, a lot of people don't feel good every day. And that's my goal for people. And at that point, I wasn't feeling good. And when I finally took a break and made that, you know, that mindset shift as well, and then I was also able to do it for my clients, it was just like a breath of fresh air. So that was probably my biggest aha moment, I would say, you know, in my life and also within my career too. Yeah. No, that, that, that's something I hear a lot of from other people, similar stories. I know for me too. And, and I think perhaps sometimes if there's a certain aspect or a certain habit that we're trying to develop, we can become so focused on that one thing that's, and sometimes we need to do that. Just like that's how our, our brain works, that we can sometimes push these other things to the side that we don't realize we're doing unhealthy things. And it's just a great reminder to take a step back, take that 10,000 foot view, take that 100,000 foot view, whatever it needs to be, and really look over your life and go, how can I apply maybe some of these habits that I'm learning in a specific area to the thing as a whole? And that's just a great reminder for me listening to this, and I think a lot of people listening too. And it's it's echoed in some of the, excuse me, it's echoed in some of the the questions. You know, we reached out to some people to 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 you know, what sort of questions they might have for you as they're getting to know you for this episode. Um, a similar one uh, was like, is there is there like a guiding principle maybe that that is an overarching theme in, uh, in, in your fitness and wellness and nutrition uh, studies? Because a lot of people are different. A lot of people have different needs and have different requirements. So is there like a general rule of thumb that you've come across? Yeah. So I wish, Andrew, I could put it in like one sentence for you, but really what it it's about for me is we have become such creatures of habit in the sense that we are very reactionary to our health um, or we're very focused on just preventing or, you know, or you get a disease and then you're like, now what do I do now? I really want to create health for people and have them just want to be healthy without something have happened to them. Um, but t- you know, I going back just to, to jump what in we were, real quick, yeah. I love I love that language create health because I think for many people, myself also, health is something you achieve and it's not something that mm-hmm. you can create. And I, I just even saying that is a great shifting of frameworks. Exactly, it's that mindset shift that like your health is in your hands. It is up to you for how you want to create it, definitely have someone there to cheer you on and guide you, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, please don't have, um, you know, social media guiding you or random blogs or things like that. Use a health professional, but you can create your own health. And the other thing is too, that we were talking about before is another part of just 
my philosophy and principles too, is making sure that we're looking at all aspects of your health. So yes, we're looking at your nutrition, your fitness, which some people a lot of the time stop there, which was me a long time ago. We're looking at your mindset. We're looking at your environment. And then also a big piece of it too is your support community. So I've had some clients in the past where the main thing that's actually blocking them from creating that healthy lifestyle for themselves and feeling good, right, is actually their support system, Mm. you know, or even thinking something as easy as like, well, my husband doesn't like to eat those foods, so, you know, it's going to be really tough. I can't do that. And then all they have to do is talk to their spouse and say, listen, I, this is what I want to do. Are you willing to try certain things? And you figure out a way to make it work. And it's like the gates open. So it's really looking at all those pieces or for someone too, who's very isolated. I mean, especially in, you know, our COVID times right now, that's a big thing. You know, if you're really isolated, that affects your mindset, that affects your mood, that affects your eating habits, that affects your fitness, you know, habits or movement habits. So, um, making sure you're looking at all aspects of your health is what I've learned, like we said in the past and now applying. And that's really where you get like that lifestyle change. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 um, that brings up some other questions here that some people are asking and specifically wondering about um, like common unhealthy habits maybe you see in your work. But I was thinking to go a step further, maybe we could subdivide that into some of these categories like fitness, like nutrition, like mental, yeah. and emotional and 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 uh, environmental health. Like what are what are some specifics that trends maybe negative trends that, that you might see that people can start to sort of audit their their own lives and 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 see, oh, is this maybe something that I can change and improve or better myself with? Yeah. So let's start with fitness or movement. So okay. where I've really seen a common theme, people aren't focused on being active anymore. They're mm-hmm. just focused on, am I getting a workout in today or am I not getting a workout versus, you know, I should go for a walk or I have a little break right now. Let me get up and move rather than, I mean, a lot so of us ju- are glued to so our chairs. So just to clarify, yeah. would, you, would you mean so someone may be like sitting at a desk all day mm-hmm. and then, you know, after work they do a great workout, but versus someone who's taking moments to find time to walk or move around throughout the entire day. Is that sort of the difference? Exactly. Yeah. So just not focused on being active. And what people don't realize is we actually burn the most of our calories when we're just doing our little things throughout the day and being active and just, you know, getting up to go to the fridge, um, taking your dog for a walk, just those little active movements is actually where we see the most progress. And so what I found just with clients is it's like, it's either like a workout day or a no workout day Hmm. versus just getting in the habit of like going for a walk each morning or each afternoon, or like you were just saying, Andrew, getting up from that chair that you're glued to all day for 10 minutes or, you know, five minutes and stretch and just like being active and moving and When you look at other countries and the ones that are the healthiest, like, you know, we're always looking at Italy and Greece and um, we look at Norway too, right? And all the Nordic countries, that's one of their focuses is being active and they don't care if it's cold outside. Um, I love um, 
Norwegians have this saying that there's no bad weather, just bad clothes. <laughs> and I love that. And actually, sometimes I have to tell myself that because I'm not a huge fan of the cold. But they have such a principle of being active. And it's something that I really think, you know, as Americans or just that I've seen in my clients, it's really fallen off. Yeah. So that's, the, I think that's a great reminder for the activity or, or fitness side of thing. What about in nutrition? Is there a, a specific unhealthy habit that's pretty common? Yeah. So I would say, and you know what, it's not that people are, they may not even know they're doing this habit, yeah. but what I commonly see is people don't know what to eat and when to eat to really support um, their metabolism and blood sugar control. And to me, supporting your metabolism and your blood sugar levels is like the key nutrition-wise to health and to I'd, preventing a lot of disease. Yeah, how do you how do you go about figuring that out? Oh yeah. So well, so that's where too you you do want to work with a professional. Okay. Um, but little things like, you know, in the morning, making sure that you're getting enough protein. Protein is going to be what actually boosts your metabolism the most and making sure you're getting enough protein or being active boosts your metabolism. And then in terms of blood sugar control, um, making sure that, you know, if you're going to have a carbohydrate, which could still be fruit, right? Like there's so many different types of carbohydrates that you're pairing it with fiber or protein or a healthy fat to make sure that your blood sugars aren't spiking. Because it's really when we see our blood sugar spike and fall, that's when we see inflammation rise. Um, that's when we see weight gain, weight retention. Um, so there's all these things that if you can really master controlling your blood sugar, which Maybe we'll even, Andrew, just do an episode on blood sugar yeah, I control. I think that could be a good one. Um, and same with metabolism. And if you can master your metabolism, I will say, especially for us ladies, because our metabolism starts to dwindle a lot faster than men's as we get older. It's like, it's the key to everything. I'd be very surprised if your body wasn't healthy controlling those two things. Wow. And you that's, didn't feel that's... good again, right? That feel That just feeling good. Yeah, that that also makes me think of you know I hear everyone talking about macros these days. Like, how <sighs> yeah. how is that is that a is that a trend? Is it, is that an important thing or is it, I mean, what's your take on that? I mean, it's definitely a trend. Um, I think they make it way more complicated than it needs to be. Yes, it is important that in your meals you have different macronutrients, but do you need to be counting down to the last gram? No, because what that instills and what I found with people, because I've had clients who have been, they used to count macros. Yeah. Oh, it messes with your mindset. <laughs> it messes with your stress management. Yeah. Um, and it it's more of that diet mentality because you are calculating, right? Versus just a way, and this is what I teach, but like a way of eating to fuel your health, right? Versus, you know, to me, anything you need to count or numbers in general, using that along with eating and it's just not a healthy, and that's a lot of times too where we see eating disorders come about yeah. from some of those things. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good reminder too. And again, I think... I'll Throughout all this, like we can provide great tips and insights, but ultimately 
to if you want to get serious about your your health and well-being like it's it's really important to to speak with a professional in the field and and um along that lines i'm just curious like what 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 resources what what resources are there for people who uh you know may not maybe not have the means to to work with a you know a, a nutritionist you know daily or weekly or or a personal trainer you know what what sort of um resources have you found helpful for people who maybe don't have the means to who, to afford that yeah so i think and also i will say too you have to find someone don't be discouraged if the first person you go to it's not a good fit because it's just like you know i've had many doctors that were not a good fit for me um mm-hmm. so don't be discouraged with that but um, some resources first, definitely check with your insurance. Most insurances now offer, you know, anywhere from three to 12 visits with a dietitian. It has to be within their network. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one way. And it's usually, it's completely covered typically by your health insurance. So first check there. Um, and then also, you know, the great thing is like, we're in the land of free content now, <laughs> you know, and that's where, again, you have to make sure you are listening to a professional mm-hmm. um, who is credentialed, who is reputable. But there are so many great, you know, people on YouTube now, even just like if you're maybe your thing that's holding you back is cooking. There are so many great easy cooking shows you can watch on a YouTube and even fitness. I know with quarantine, I've been watching a lot of um follow along fitness videos and workouts Um, and nutrition wise. Yeah. I mean, the best thing I could say it's tough. I would say for something that's completely free, you can try once you find someone who's reputable, see if they do have any um, most will have like free guides or maybe even videos here and there or podcasts, right? Yeah. If you, know, you know, of a credentialed, if you're looking for an RD um, or a certified nutritionist, they have a podcast. I'm sure the guests that they are going to bring on can provide you with valuable health information. Um, But you do want to do a little bit of research on them first. Yeah, and that's something that we're even trying to do with this show is uh, we've talked about not only is each episode a conversation between you and the guest, but each episode is in conversation with other episodes. And really, let's take this all in as a whole. Um, and and we're going to try our best to speak with, obviously, the most uh, credentialed and, and, and wise and uh, people who are doing their due diligence in the field. Um, but along those lines, is there any tips you have for, like, spotting people who maybe aren't that that shouldn't be listened to like are there any like uh you know uh trends within the sort of snake oil uh field that's like this is a good red flag to stay away from yeah so a few red flags would be if you find that the person you're following is just jumping on every trend and also is very quick to abandon their trends um and also doesn't back it up with science and when i say science i mean you know they're actually doing the research. There's studies behind it and they're telling you why. If they can't tell you why um, with the science to it, I would be cautious um, in the nutrition field because there are so many, you know, quote unquote nutritionists 
What you need to be cautious of is, so if you are an RD or registered dietitian, you have to be licensed. You are a licensed professional. Um, Anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. Now, if you are a CNS, so a certified nutrition specialist, you still have to go through a lot of the schooling and some of the hours. Um, Some people will just have their master's in nutrition, which it depends. I you know, I definitely learned more in my undergrad than I think I ever did getting my master's in nutrition. But if you just see people, you know, plant-based nutritionist, um, just nutritionist in general, or just be weary, look into where they went to school. Yeah, they could be good people, but there's a rules of thumb to maybe whittle out some people who may not be reputable. Exactly. Because, you know, we're taught and it's really like ingrained in us as dietitians is you go by the science. That's what you go by. Um, Obviously, you add in other things to that, but the science is king. And what I found with people who haven't had the schooling, it just isn't like that. And that's where you see people jump on just so many trends and, you know, trends are in one year and out the next, um, but can sometimes have really lasting effects. So that's where, you know, sometimes I get a little, a little fired up is when I'll get clients who have worked with those, you know, some quote unquote nutritionists in the past and they've kind of just like screwed up their metabolisms or um, they have them on a really rigorous eating plan that actually doesn't even make sense and isn't good for their body. So you do definitely have to do your due diligence and look into the people you're going to work with or just listen to like on Instagram as well, yeah. right? Um, or on a podcast. So you do have to do a little bit of digging. And you know, if you ever have a question or anything like that, know that you can always reach out to me as well. Yeah, we're hoping to make these style of uh, podcasts a regular thing. Maybe it's through emails or through social media. So be sure to listen to the end of this episode specifically, and you can hear what different ways that you can send your questions in. Um, but along those lines, you were talking about making sure the people that you're listening to, the advice you're getting from others is sound. Someone asks, you know, was there was there an influential figure in uh, in 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 your life, maybe a, a, a you know outside of the uh, guidance counselor, were there people that you saw doing similar work uh, that really inspired you? Yeah, so um, I can't say I have like one person, but I have a few people along the way. Um, so you know, different RDs I've worked with. My first experience when I was in my dietetic internship working with a private practice RD. And so she was seeing clients. And before that, prior to that, I had been in a hospital setting. I had been um, more in like a community setting. And that's where I was really exposed to like private practice and helping clients one-on-one. And that's where I knew I don't want to be in a hospital setting. I want to be working with people individually or in a group Mm -hmm. setting. Um, So she was very influential there. And then just as my career progressed, people I've met along the way and also who weren't RDs. Like I had an amazing boss at the Y. Our director was fabulous. And he taught me so much about just like people skills and – There's been people along the way, but I will say, you know, because I saw Andrew that question come in, 
about who really kind of influenced some of my journey. And obviously that college guidance counselor, hats off to her because she started it. But um, I have to say my mom was a big influence. And so when I was younger, so my mom passed away when I was five. Um, She had colon cancer and she'd been battling it for about three years. But when I was little, I have these distinct memories. Like she was juicing before anyone was juicing. (laughs) And it was because, you know, now I know too, it's because um, she was trying everything she could. Um, But so I have these distinct memories of like her juicing and she always, um, she's from Belgium and we always had home cooked meals. So, you know, I have all these like memories of her making homemade quiches and, um, for our, you know, our birthdays, she always made this like, I don't even know what it was, but it was this chocolate like cookie cake thing that I've never seen anything like it Hmm. um, still to this day. But she had such a connection. And I think it was my connection too with her just like of food. It's like the distinct memories I have with her. Um, And, you know, we'd come home from school and you usually always had to have a piece of fruit. But then sometimes we'd come home and she'd be making, which is so cliche, but like delicious Belgian waffles. And I think when I was sitting in that room in the college guidance counselor's office, that it felt so right to go into this field because it gave me more of a connection to her. Yeah. Um, And also just knowing, you know, her journey too, you know, I, sometimes I wanted to be a doctor because I wanted to cure colon cancer. Um, and this was a way that I realized I could help people, um, and help them through their health issues, but through food. And that's another, like one, that's just one of my goals is like, I know we can heal through food. There's so many other aspects as well. Um, but she was, I would say, probably the biggest influence. And still to this day, like, because sometimes times get really hard. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I got a lot going on and I love that. But some days it's really tough. And I do always think back to her and just kind of remembering again, like that love for food and how it can be so influential on in your health. Um So that's kind of like the constant influence with, you know, people along the way, but that's really been the, you know, probably the most influential person on this whole journey for me. That's really special that you have that sort of touchstone. And, and again, I don't know if this is the producer wanting to put a bow around everything, (laughs) but, uh, again, I think there's a through line through all that we've talked about today of sort of like, this isn't about like depriving yourself this isn't about like binging and purging this is about like no love like food is a is a beautiful wonderful thing that we can we should love and enjoy and we don't need to treat it like some evil bad thing um but understand it has an effect on us you know fitness and exercise is not something we need to force ourselves to do uh but something that can actually make us feel better and affect our well-being and 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 so i think you know, this is hopefully one of many uh, chances we get to reinforce that mindset and that attitude as people continue on in their nutrition, health, and just wellness journey. 
So I think it's been great uh, getting to know you a little better. Hopefully the listeners uh, get to know you a little bit better. And I think it's only fair since you end most of the interviews uh, asking guests three questions that we turn the tables and ask you them. Um, And you may have just uh, touched on a couple of them there talking about your mom. But um, let's start with, uh, you know, do you have a favorite or a go-to de-stressing principle or habit that that you uh, swear by? Okay, so I'm going to throw two at you, Andrew, because they're okay. they're very different. Um, one is I finally got in the habit of journaling every morning, and I love that. I use the five minute journal by Intelligent Change, and it is quick, to the point, um, but it's made a huge impact. And then the other is my foam roller. You know, yeah. getting in like a good foam rolling session, which that's another thing I don't think people do enough of is like stretch and foam roll and really like help repair your muscles. Yeah. Um, but that is one of my favorite things. It's like it's a that's free good. massage. I know. I just I, the more we talk, <laughs> I'm just making a, a list of all the different episodes we could do, uh, you know, like the foam rolling episode, the journaling oh, yeah. episode. So, oh, yeah. Um, no, that reminds me of journaling. One of my de-stressing techniques is and this is more specific if i'm feeling like anxious or like overwhelmed with what i need to do is just write down a list of everything that i need to do and it instantly becomes more manageable when i can see it tangibly in front of me oh totally that's like um if you have anyone listening right now if your mind races at night when you go to bed and it prevents you from going to sleep write your to-do list before you go to bed because then you can get all that out or journal before you go to bed get it all out of your head and then it creates room where you can just be calm and go to sleep. So I love that, Andrew. That's like that's actually one thing I use with clients a lot. Yeah. Well, there you go. I'm, I'm get it out. What, get what it out I'm of hearing, your head. I'm hearing you saying that I'm perfect <laughs> and flawless. Exactly. Um, as I as I hold my cup here, um, the next question is: Are you are you coffee or a tea drinker, or what's your go to preferred? I am a matcha girl. Um, okay. So coffee, I would love to say. Well, I love I do love coffee, but it does not love me back. I turn into um quite the anxious <laughs> husband may say crazy person on coffee. So I'll sometimes do decaf coffee, but matcha is my go-to. I love it. Um I've really gotten into I make like a homemade cashew milk that's really quick and easy. Mm-hmm. Um I actually I have a a short video of it on my Instagram if you're interested, but it takes like two minutes. It sounds like it's a lot. Um, (laughs) But I love that it gives me energy kind of in slow doses. And I don't get that, that anxious feeling in the morning. Yeah. I do like though, that of all the teas, you choose the one with the highest caffeine or one of the highest caffeine. Oh yeah. I mean, it still gives you, it still gives (laughs) you that caffeine, but it's like, you know, it kind of slowly releases it throughout the day. So I will say, you know, I don't get before when I did used to drink coffee, I always got the three, four PM slump. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I'm not gonna attribute it to matcha. I think it's other changes I've made and better sleep, things like that. But um it's nice it may play like a small knowing part in it too. Yeah, it's nice knowing I have like that one cup in the morning and then I'm pretty sustained throughout the day. It is too, and I think uh to interject my own thoughts here, especially yeah. with tea and especially with matcha. And especially if you're making your own milk, um, there is like a nice ritual that has another benefit outside of the, the, you know, the literal chemicals or biological things that you're ingesting. 
Oh, totally, Andrew. I like love making my like love making the cashew milk <laughs> and then pouring it in. It's yeah. Do you no, have one I, of the bamboo whisks and stuff? Or? Yeah, so I do have a bamboo whisk, which sometimes I'll do it that way. But what I've done, honestly, for ease and time, is I'll use my NutriBullet, and so I'll heat oh. up water, um, and then pack. in my NutriBullet cup. Yeah, heat up water, put in my matcha. I'll usually put in a scoop of collagen. So for the protein too, to help just like more that release, that slower release of caffeine, I'll add in my cashew milk and then I just blend it for like three seconds and it comes out so frothy. (laughs) It's so delicious. Um, But yeah, no, I love the ritual part of it too. It's not just having that, um, you know, that matcha in hand. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure we could keep talking here for a long time because <laughs> yeah. you're bringing up more and more questions. But I want to know, um, do you have a favorite home-cooked meal? And is it that chocolate oh treat that your mom used to make? Okay. Oh, well, I wish it was that. But honestly, I mean, I haven't had that in so long. If I could have that again, I would. But I think, oh my gosh, my favorite home-cooked meal. So the one that my husband and I make a lot and I love and I will say I have a lot of people that love it too is I have this um, and I have the recipe on my website um, at livewellwithkate.com and it's it's a lemon garlic chicken artichoke dish and it's it's so easy so we're all about ease here too like my dinner needs to be done in 30 minutes like I don't care that I went to culinary school like it needs to be done in 30 <laughs> minutes um and it needs to be pretty easy but oh my gosh Andrew it's just it's so good it gets really creamy and you have the artichokes in it and sometimes we'll add mushrooms and greens to it um but there's also like I love that you're getting so many benefits from all the vegetables in it but the sauce is outrageous. Like, it's funny. We probably have it once a week. And every time <laughs> I put it on the table and my husband takes a bite, he's like, oh. And I'm like, I know. Like, how, like, why aren't we sick of this? How is it still this good? And then I'll have other people try it to, like, make sure it's not just us. And they're like, no, it's amazing. So I would say that's probably one of my favorite. But, I mean, we have so many. We, especially with quarantine, we only cook at home pretty much. Um, and I'm fortunate that my husband's a very good cook as well. Um, but that's probably my favorite. So if anyone needs a new dish, try it. I promise it's not that much work and it's so satisfying. It's, it's unfair that we're, we're recording this right around lunchtime. And that just sounds oh, so every good. Every time. I'm, I'm like, we love recording I, around lunchtime. to make something <laughs> like that in my kitchen right now. Well, this has been so great. Uh, just to, to reiterate again, we're going to give. Lots of information for people if they have their own questions that how they can ask, you know, directly to this podcast. But if people are interested in following you online or or, or communicating with you on social media, what are ways people can find you? Yeah, I mean, to anyone out there, always reach out to me. Um, I'm on Instagram at livewellwithkate um, underscore at the end. You can connect with me through my website, which is just livewellwithkate.com, or always feel free to just comment on our podcast. I'll be reading all of them if you want to get in touch, but always reach out with questions. There's no silly question, Um, and I'm really excited to start this journey together, like we were saying, and creating your health, right? Creating a different lifestyle change for you and maybe getting over um, those 
wellness humps, you know, that you've been wanting to conquer and just needing, you know, that extra credible advice. Thank you for listening to Naturally Well by Nordic Naturals. And remember, you can watch every episode of the podcast on our Naturally Well YouTube channel. If you want to know more about me, you can follow me on Instagram at livewellwithkate, where I typically live on my stories, providing a variety of daily health and wellness tips. So go check it out. Naturally Well is hosted by myself, Kate Turner, and produced by Andrew Steven. If you have any questions, please send us an email at podcast at nordicnaturals.com, and we hope to answer your question on air. If you like the show, please tell a friend, share an episode, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.